Welcome. This is Prophet Carlos, and you're listening to Torchbearer Podcast, where you will hear prophetic messages, prophecies, and teachings. And I pray and declare that you too will be a torchbearer and on fire for Christ. Thank you for joining me today um, for our biblical interpretive process. I just want to just take this time to, you know, just thank you for being here because. You know, this this particular topic is very important to me because I want you to always have a um, uh, an avenue in which you're able to understand a little bit of how God is speaking in dreams and, and, and in any form and how God shares and speaks to you. So one of the big things is, you know, how do we how do we process what we're experiencing? How do we process the dreams that we have? And I even think prophetically as well, like, you know, as we're hearing the voice of God, how do we discern? And it all is based on how how do we process? How do we interpret what it is that we're receiving? And again, since this is focused on dreams, you know, this is really just trying to give you a better, clearer understanding and how to receive in a way that is going to be uh, biblical and how you're going to receive that's going to be uh, based on the kingdom of heaven and based on what God is actually conveying. So here's a couple of things that I want to share. Um, what I want to share first is that, um, that there are many different types of interpretations that are out there. You can go ahead and look out and, um, you know, and, and just any, any, you know, you can Google um, different types of resources when it comes to interpreting dreams uh, or just finding things that represent certain things. And the question is, again, how do you know uh, whether what it is that you're examining or what resources that are available, how do you know what they're providing you actually gives you more of God's perspective on a matter? And I think that's what it really pertains to as well as like, is this is, you know, how do we get to a point where we realize that this is God's perspective on a matter? And, and we, you know, you can never go wrong with looking in the word of God, you know, and, and what I'm going to do is, though, I want to just kind of give you some uh, common, common interpretive processes that people go through uh, when they talk about trying to understand their dreams or even people with resources saying that they provide um, insight and, and, and yeah, just insight into dreams. And so what they do is they basically have, you know, you can get these resources anywhere. And the question is, where are they getting their resources from? Where are they getting their um, uh, expression and definitions to dream world or, or even the supernatural? How do they come up with what it is that they're actually expressing in a book saying that this means that uh, these words mean this or these colors mean that, you know, how how are they actually formulating these particular concepts? So now I say that to say <laughs> just to set everything up. Uh, because it's very important that we understand the process. You know, one thing that I will say is um, a, a, a perspective of dreams is, is, you know, has a prophetic and revelatory perspective. Again, uh, a prophetic is really revelatory in nature. Um, so I want to go ahead and just kind of share some of that stuff right now. So what I want to first say is about the unhealthy interpretive uh, 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 interpretations, unhealthy interpretations. So one of them is 
um, you're going to find that in psychology, there are many good tools in psychology, and, and it's the study of human behavior. Um, and and one thing is one of the one of the things that I do personally is I'm I'm also a mental health counselor, so I've studied, you know, um, um, human behavior according to you know science. And so you know I'm 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 not only speaking of this because I'm just you know, giving you uh, some something that I've I've researched, but also something that has been a study of mine in which I also personally have a master's degree in in clinical mental health counseling. So I just want to first just say that I'm I'm also speaking firsthand from being a student of psychology as well. So you know some of these interpretive processes that you find it is common normally comes from psychology. And one of the ones that you would see here are two people's name, which is Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung. So I'm going to consider them under the category under unhealthy interpretation, uh, unhealthy interpretations. You know, uh, Sigmund Freud focuses on the five psychosexual stages or oral drives and, and everything that he presents has more of a sexual you know, uh, uh, bent on it. So, you know, this really kind of makes things a little bit more complicated because again, if we ever look biblically, God never really, uh, emphasizes, uh, and expresses himself in this capacity. If he does express himself in a capacity that is talking about, uh, some form of sex, it's really when he's talking about multiplying, when he's really talking about, you know, this this idea of a seed, right? So we always talk about seed and we talk about, you know, planting, but seed can also mean, you know, when we're having babies, when we're having kids, when we're having, you know, children, we're having offsprings. And so there are concepts in the Bible where the, he does speak about, you know, be fruitful and multiply and being fruitful and multiply all expresses about seed you know so seed has to be spread in order for there to be a harvest right so it can be spoken about in a matter of and now i'm speaking of course biblical you know a healthy biblical perspective at this moment but what i want to say is the seed being being scattered is no different than you know we talk about you know um um when someone is actually having babies it's their it is you know their sperm is seed that gives uh um 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 that begins to provide the resources for a baby, right? So I guess that's the best way that I can explain it without getting too too graphic. But what I what I want to share is that that is the biblical reference when it talks about growth, when it talks about um, you know multiplication, when it talks about heritage, when it talks about so when when God speaks about you know a form of sex, He's actually speaking about prosperity. So, so in a sense, God never really speaks about it in a way of, you know, in a, in a more um, unhealthy or even, or even a, a sensual, you know, very sensual physical sensation for personal pleasure type language. So he doesn't really speak that way. Um, and you don't really often see it as often. And, if, and again, if he did, if he did, again, we would talk about the song, the, the, the song of Solomon, like a lot of, a lot of that had to deal with intimacy, you know, having intimacy that is, that is pertaining between husband and wife. And, and what that really speaks about is intimacy. When you have intimacy with your husband and your wife, there is a, there is something about it that is, um, that forms a bond, that forms a, a, this relationship. And, and that is, a, again, another metaphor or a parable that is, that is expressing 
you know, the intimacy that we have with our Lord. And again, it's not the sense of sex. It's, uh, it's the idea of, of this deep, intimate relationship that has such a romantic um, connection and this oneness and this, this uh, you know, a, a adoring each other and loving each other and, and being with each other. You know, and in that sense, again, that's a pure, a pure uh, expression, a pure version of of a sexual expression so in, in sigmund freud's perspective that that's not that at all he's just talking about with whole you know everything having to deal with there's a form of a withdrawal of some kind of sexual desire that, that that comes from an infant stage that basically causes there to be barriers in your own personal growth so so it becomes very difficult to kind of express what that really means for other people so i'm gonna um just kind of stop right there for a second i feel like something had happened to my recording just give me give me one few few seconds okay i should be fine all right so yeah there was like a little glitch my computer shut down for a second and then jumped back in but anyways let me go back to what i was saying and now you have carl Jung. carl Jung himself you know was a student of sigmund freud but did not really kind of like a little bit of what he was saying when it came to the sexual place um and so he kind of went off on his own and so he expresses the collective, you know, uh, Carl Jung expressed the, uh, uh, the collective unconsciousness where there is a universal consciousness or a universal thought in which people gain their thoughts, emotions, fears, dreams, and mythological symbols. Information developed about uh, collective unconsciousness came from his studies and research from pr primitive cultures, uh, religious studies, myths, um, occults, folklore, and mysticism. So, you know, he he had this idea that he, he began to discover, you know, how is it that all these cultures, you know, not really being connected to each other, especially there wasn't, you know, uh, you know there was not a lot of a globe, like now everything's global. We have internet, we have access to many things, whereas in that time there was there was none of that like for you to travel you know there were very few people that traveled worldwide and so he was discovering that that culturally there were certain types of symbolisms that are throughout culture that how in the world can they talk about spirits or talk about experiences or have dreams and have certain images and certain things that were uh, very closely related to other cultures that were were like miles apart from each other. Um, and so how is it that they're able to have these similar experiences? And, and this was a very intriguing uh, aspect or an intriguing uh, influence uh, to some of his studies. And so what he did was he went to he went to all these all these places and started studying their culture. And now, mind you, as a believer, these cultures are demonic. These cultures and their practices and their rituals are really a, a religious celebration and 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 ritual to their gods. So everything that they everything that they share, everything that they express based off of their interpretation of what they're experiencing and what gods they serve really comes from, again, the spirit realm, which, again, a witch doctor listens to a spirit and a spirit informs the witch doctor on what to do in order for them to have more spiritual encounters. And in this in, in relationship that the witch doctor or this warlock or 
you know, uh, whatever it may be, um, someone who's uh, mysticism, witchcraft, whatever the case may be, you know, all of these individuals that they have spiritual encounters and they do encounter these spiritual beings, but the message that's behind it, the language that's behind it, the, the doctrine that's behind it, the scripture talks about doctrines of demons, that these demons will indoctrinate you with their doctrine. And so think about that. So now you have this guy who's going to different cultures that practice, you know, these different types of rituals to appease their gods. And these people receive information from their gods to best serve their gods. And now they're giving information to a, a psych, psych, psychologist or psychiatrist and giving them information about, you know, what we believe these things are and what we understand about these worlds. And now you have this guy named Carl Jung having a collective uh, research of all these different things. And then he starts formulating his conclusions into all these different uh, cultures and finding similarities to begin to have correlation um, to, you know, this culture says, says the same thing about this culture. And they both come to the same conclusion of this particular being that looks like X, Y, and Z or whatever it may be. And then he ended up formulating, like, let's just say the spirit of death, right? The spirit of death for all cultures is this hooded, you know, hooded guy who did, you know, with bones and has a, and has a, uh, I want to say a sheath, but um, it's it basically a, a farming tool to, to, uh, to cut weeds um, and to cut, you know, we, uh, we, uh, weeds and, and yeah, wheat, wheat and weeds. Um, so it's basically to kind of cut that. So, you know, in every culture there, they have the same image. They call them differently, but they have the same image. So what he did was he'd been, he utilized all these resources and formulated a interpretation of these experiences to give people a better understanding on what, what this may be. So I share this to say that it is important that we understand that, um, that, that Carl Jung's interpretive process that's used even through literature um, and, and, and literature is a very big place that this information is expressed. And so we get a lot of this in our educational system. And, and again, I mean, it, it is very expressive. Some of the stuff that you get, you, you know, you have to learn these things, but again, a lot of these perspectives um, are, are spiritual in nature and they give insight to spiritual things and they help with having an interpretation of things, but again, they're doctrines of demons. And so therefore, biblically, they're never going to match up to God's perspective of things. They do match up to spiritual things. You know, they if you were to interpret this in a different type of culture, if you if you take his stuff and you interpret it in a place where they are actually practicing these particular ritualistic things, it will match up with the doctrines of demons of this world. And so it will be something that can guide people into some form or fashion. Now, however, as a believer, the hard part is you're now engaging with doctrines of demons to interpret God's perspective on a matter. And that where, where it becomes dangerous. So now you're trying to interpret God's perspective. You're trying to interpret what God is saying in a dream, or you're trying to interpret what you're hearing or experiencing, but you're using doctrines of demons to guide you. 
which would be obviously not the greatest idea, right? So you want to be able to utilize the word of God, not the doctrines of demons. And so, yes, there's a lots of resources out there, but not all the resources that you get are biblical and can give you biblical uh, uh, references to that. So now that I've kind of shared that with Carl Jung, he's collected all these characteristics and symbols that were all similar to each other characters. And I just express, I'm just kind of going through this note so I can make sure that I stay focused on the, the particular matter. So overall, secular dream interpretation expresses dreams only coming from the individual from the individuals themselves. So secular dreams interpretations expresses dreams only coming from the individual themselves. So so basically you can't receive a dream from God. These aren't God giving you dreams. This is you having you kind of formulating these dreams on your own, like you are creating these dreams yourself. And this is, again, Carl Jung's perspective of you receiving a dream. You're, you're having a dream about you dreaming about having a dream type of thing. So, um, and there's no, the only, the, you're the one creating the dream. Dreamer's mind is uh, processing information of their daily lives. Now, this is, again, a, a concept of psychology that does have, uh, that has some validity to it, let's say it is valid, and saying that there are times, even in our own dream, you know, biblically speaking, we can have dreams that we formulate our own dreams. We could be in a place where we're worried or scared or nervous, and, and we have a dream of that fear. We have a dream of that desire. Let's say we desire something so bad, we have a dream of that desire. So there are things that we can formulate in our own mind um, and, and it influence our dream world. If you're studying something, you may find yourself studying that same thing in your dream. If you're learning a new skill, you may find yourself dreaming that in your skill because it's something you're drilling in your mind. So it's even known, even there, there are studies out there that even prove, in which I agree with, that, you know, you learn at night, you know, because what you're trying to develop you're processing this information. This is why babies sleep a lot. You're processing the information you're learning throughout the day. Now, this is a scientific perspective that that I I, I come to come in agreement with. Is that babies? You know, they sleep a lot because they're they're learning how to formulate. Uh, uh, the, their mind is beginning to formulate new ideas and perspectives of their world. And so when we sleep, we're actually formulating new information and building on top of what we've already learned. That's why we had that concept of let's sleep on it, because sometimes you want to have time to rest to kind of formulate an idea and to kind of come to a conclusion while you rest. And then when you wake up, you have a better understanding of things. Now, on another side of that is that when you're studying, like if you're playing video games or you're doing a new skill, often when you take, when you have rest, your rest actually, you find oftentimes, especially if you have good rest, you find yourself capable of really uh, uh, um, applying yourself to the new skill a lot easier after, like, let's say you have one day you practice it, you're not doing well, you don't feel like you're doing a good job, but you're still practicing. The next day, you're like, man, I'm so good at this. Wow, I, I, I picked that up so quick. Well, you picked it up so quick because your mind is developing uh, a muscle memory and understanding the information that it has been already given. So it basically solidifies that, that concept a lot more while you sleep. Now that is just for information and, and developing and growing and being able to kind of have muscle memory and systematic processing and all that other stuff, which is good, nothing wrong with it. 
So I don't come in disagreement with that. So, but, but the other part of Carl Jung, he also has a, once, once they discover the meaning of the dream, one can move on. So, so what this really means is that um, in Carl Jung's perspective, that when you come to a conclusion to your dream, you know, there's nothing more to even get out of the dream. It's just, it's just an area of like, oh, okay, so I, I discovered what it means and that's it. It was really just for you to discover what it means. But biblically, dreams often have multiple layers like god may speak one thing but he may be revealing more things even though you discover something from it he's always revealing new things even through the word of god you know there's always more information in the old testament they had dreams that spoke about the new testament you know spoke about the coming of christ they spoke about what god was going to do and then as new testament came christ came you begin to have more revelation of the old dreams that were given the in the in the old testament so so when god's got when god gives dreams there's lots of meanings to it and it's continual throughout your life and there's also multiple meanings and sometimes it is hey you need you to make this choice so that you can move on you know but but again oftentimes it, the the dream kind of is a continuation and you can gain more insight from it and another perspective is dreams are often expressed about the their younger selves or their shadow selves and these are some concepts that is used as shadow self and he, you know the yin yang type thing uh the, the 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 embracing the dark side of yourself type of stuff um but inside here like he he always sees he always interprets everything as like part of the person's psyche in a sense, like, you know, everybody that's playing a role in a dream is a part of who that person is. And, you know, um, to interpret that dream and always speaking about a younger, like, oh, my, my little self, or this is talking about me as, as a kid or always trying to get back, you know, and not, again, not saying that, that there's no, there, there's, there are some elements to that that may be true, but it's not always, it's not like this is always going to be about you. Um, cause sometimes God speaks about other things outside of yourself. God is not always looking at wh how you were when you were younger. Um, now there could be times where in counseling, you do need to address certain things when you were younger, because maybe there are some things when you were younger that needs to be addressed, but it doesn't necessarily mean that all your dreams are just revealing things about your younger self. Like you're always stuck as being a child, you know, or always stuck at being in this, you know, this stage of development that you didn't overcome. Um, and therefore, all your dreams is to reveal that side of yourself. Um, however, I believe in deliverance. And so, you know, you can be delivered from that. You could be restored. And those younger self moments, you know, when you were struggling, you can be delivered from those particular things and now no longer be held back from, you know, the pains and the hurts from your past that, that, that affects you from progressing. So there are moments where you do have to address areas of your life from your past when you were younger. Um, but it's not often that your dreams are always talking about and primarily focused on you as a younger person. And, uh, and Carl Jung uh, expresses this as a common language, but it's not. All right. So let's move on. So uh, a healthy interpretation. Utilize biblical examples is part of a, a, of a metaphoric perception. All right. So it's part of the metaphoric part of our metaphoric perception. God speaks in metaphors and tends to have common themes throughout Scripture. OK, so when you look through Scripture, you're going to see these metaphors. You're going to see these things coming about. 
in a dream. All right. So he always is expressing metaphorically. And so that's always something to kind of keep track of. And so always when you're reading your word, pay attention to how the word is expressed. Pay attention to how God expresses things. Also pay attention, you know, to colors, to times and seasons, right? These are things, these are, these are metaphoric perceptions and, and language that he, he's, he themes that he, is common throughout scripture, colors, times and seasons, numbers, animals, characteristics, behaviors, morals, uh, interactions with humankind. Like these are things that you're going to see concepts throughout scripture and they're very consistent all throughout scripture. So, so this is why it's important. Not only just read your word for just to understand the historical aspect of, of the word or read your word to kind of see Christ in the old Testament and in the new Testament, but being able to see who, who God, what, what, what is God revealing when it comes to why did he use that color? Oh, uh, and why did he say that about this season or that season? Why does he say it only in this season or that season? You know, why does he use these numbers? Why are these animals important? Why did he bring them up? Why are they in the Psalms? Right? Why are they in the Proverbs? Why does it? Why does it talk about these particular characters being good and these particular characters being not good? You know, like this. These are this. These are the characteristics of the Spirit of God, and these are the characteristics of the Spirit of this world and its behaviors. You know, this is what God believes. And this is not what God believes, but this is what God uh, expects and instructs us to live moral. You know, in, in this place of morals, and and this is what the world morals are right and, and based on these characteristics and behaviors these interactions with humankind like how are we to interact with one another our brothers and sisters was having to do with our character right having to do with being uh, having christ-like character now this is all you know to help us to understand how to perceive from god's lens to perceive you know from god's perspective of, of what he's saying and why he's saying it and why, why those times and moments and colors and why these animals, all these things are very, very important that as we begin to seek his word, he even reveals in his word, you know, why he says this animal versus that animal. Why in this season he's speaking about these particular matters because it's the season for those matters, right? So when you have a dream that talks about those types of matters, you know, he may be speaking about a particular type of season or he may be speaking, you know, if he's talking about a harvest, well, you know, you're maybe not going to have a harvest in the middle of the winter. But if you are having a harvest in the winter, the question is, what what can you get? You know, what 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 would that actually be? And so, you know, what is he actually saying? Well, that may even be like a miracle, like there's a miracle that God wants to release in your life that is uh, that you're going to reap a harvest in the winter. It's almost like, you know, like, how do you, how do you, how do you have abundance when there's no place of no one's receiving abundance, right? That's a miracle. So, so maybe expressing that, right? You're getting something at a, uh, you know, in and out of season. So, and on a out season, when there's a season where this shouldn't be happening, you're receiving, you're being taken care of. So that's just an example of a, of an interpretive perspective that's biblical. Now we go into, um, the next one, which having to deal with Romans 12, 22, it says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you in the in a new person by changing the way you think. Uh, uh, then you will learn to <clears throat> know God's will for you, 
which is good and pleasing and perfect. So now we have this concept that it is required of us as believers uh, um, to begin to, to, to allow our, our behaviors and our customs uh, to, to, to be challenged because they're, they're needing to be transformed so that we can become the new person that God has called us to be. And basically, this isn't a form of the way we think. See, these behaviors and these customs comes by the way that we perceive. And we're trained and developed since a young age to perceive and think a certain way. And oftentimes, they're like they're often associated to this world. So the Lord uh, challenges us to begin to be, allow ourselves to go through this process of change by changing the way we think to have customs and behaviors that are Christ-like. It says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So that means we need to understand how God thinks about and how God expects us to behave and act and, and, and treat things according to the way he has revealed it in his word and that we become it, right? So that's how we're supposed to act and behave. But that also means that's the way we're supposed to perceive. So when we're receiving and experiencing things supernaturally or in a dream, we have to be able to evaluate it biblically. So it's a very, that's why it's very, very important because it matches to his word. And now often throughout scripture, God, God's word is uh, multifaceted and multi-generational. So he's always expressing things in a, in a more, in a, like for more than one reason, he speaks on multiple levels in the word uh, and the word is true throughout generations. Therefore, he can speak to many ages uh, with one word or one dream. And this is what I talked about earlier. All right. So in Genesis 15, uh, 5, it says, Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, Look up into the skies and count the stars if you can. That's how many generations you will have. Genesis 15, uh, God speaks about them being oppressed as slaves for 400 years. Four generations later, after he dies, they were to return back to the land. So just even think about that. In a dream, he in a dream and a vision, he basically spoke to to um, 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 to Abraham, uh, speaking to him about what's going to happen four hundred years ahead of time, beyond his time, but beyond Abraham's time. And he actually expresses what's going to happen in 400 years and what to what to expect. So he says this to him. And, and think about this. This is something now now is now is expressed and it's actually uh, expected. You know, the people of God, you know, begin to recognize that this is something that God said. So so throughout 400 years, this is a prophecy that now people could actually understand what's happening in their world and what's going on. They again, back to times and seasons. So now we understand the time and season we're in. It's not 400 years yet. So we know that we're going to still have to deal with this. So in a sense, it's like being able to pay attention to this helps us understand God's perspective and the fact that his word was spoken in one generation but he was speaking about blessing a whole like generations 400 years after that one word that was expressed so if you are able to follow what god is saying his word constantly speaks truth throughout generations so it's multifaceted and multi-generational so i hope that gives some perspective on the matter as well again so dreams can speak 
to your future. Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, for I knew the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So he has always, he has plans and, and, and God has, you know, thoughts about your future. And so that means that there's, there's information about your future, right? And so God will reveal those things to you in a dream or, you know, the fact that he's always speaking about your future. So he, he has desires and plans for you. Uh, and that's why he tells you because he wants you to stay focused and aligned with what he's doing. But again, knowing that helps us understand that he be, he can share things ahead of time with you uh, to keep you focused and giving you encouragement to move forward this is where prophecies come in he prophesies to you and speaks to you he speaks about matters of the future not only just confirmations but matters of the future so that you can begin to walk towards and know the road that you're on that the reason why he told you is most sometimes because it's difficult road you're on and sometimes you want to give up because it is tough it is difficult at times and but you have that hope, right? You have that hope knowing that God is releasing something in your life. You just need to keep on pressing forward. And just throughout scripture, he always is true to his word. And therefore, you're always going to receive what God reveals as long as you're pressing towards it, pressing forward towards the mark, right? So now I want to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, handling dreams from other cultural perspectives. Okay, so it's kind of going through this a little bit. So one thing you want to stay in, Aligned uh, with biblical interpretive processes, right? Uh, secular Im imagery, stories, and behaviors are still worldly. So you want to kind of remember that that you know that as I said earlier, they you know you're 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 interpreting things um, from the world's perspective to explain a biblical concept, which you can't you can't really do because it's not the kingdom of heaven. You can't take a doctrines of demons to explain the kingdom because Technically, they speak lies and their purpose is to keep you away from the truth in the first place. Their purpose is to kind of uh, keep you away from your your calling and keep you away from God. So they will make you only make you feel like you're getting close enough, but you will never really fulfill everything because it's not always going to keep you in alignment with God. Just to kind of give you some perspective, I kind of said that earlier today. So if there is any biblical expression, then express God's perspective from what the dreamer had, okay? So if there is a biblical expression, then express God's perspective from what the dreamer had. So what that really means is the example is teeth, right? Teeth. Teeth, you know, for other cultures can mean multiple things. People say that people are going to die or anything, something like that. Now, teeth in the word talks about chewing the word, right? Talks about chewing. So teeth represents eating. What does God always ask us to do? He tells us to eat his word, to nourish on his word. Uh, his word is food, right? You just in general. Now, I just talked about two things. So, so to have food. Um, to have food means you're having his word, um, but to chew on food, you know, that is what he requires us. When we're gnawing on food, that means we're meditating on his word, right? We're learning how to eat his word. We're learning how to nourish from his word. So sometimes it requires us to gnaw on it, to take all its resources, to savor it, right? So that basically can mean what God is revealing to you in a dream when he shows you your teeth. And if you don't have teeth, that may mean you're really struggling with, you know, that you're, it makes, it's very difficult for you to chew 
meaty things that maybe you need things watered down, right? You need things watered down for you to receive it because you don't have the teeth. You still, you still, you know, you, you're still in the infant stage, right? You're still needing uh, uh, milk in order for you to be able to digest and to be able to eat and get some form of nourishment because you don't have teeth to, 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 to be, you don't, you're, you're, you haven't uh, gone through the developmental process to have teeth. Uh, that will give you access to chew on something more meatier, right? Chew on something more with substance and more more weight, right? Because when you eat something heavy, it gives you weight. It, it settles in your stomach and it keeps you full longer, all right? So that's an expression in itself. Now, dreams are infused with God's power and purpose. Dreams lead us. It shows us the errors of our ways. Dreams give us warnings. Dreams reveal areas of our lives that have not taken on Christ-like character, and it conveys spiritual insight or wisdom according to the to the Word of God. Okay, so just kind of keep in mind that this is the these are the things that you know God reveals to us in our dreams. And I just wanted to just take this time and thank you for being here because I, I wanted to give you some some clarification on how to interpret your dreams. And this is why it's important for us to know the word of God, not so that we can just memorize the word, but begin to understand God's principles, begin to understand God's ways, begin to see his character. So therefore you're able to, one, it builds your relationship with God and it gives you discernment to know what is God's character? What is his, what is the Christ-like character? You know, if God comes to you and, and, and does a certain thing that's outside of his character, then one, that's not God. That would not be the Lord. Okay, that would not be the Lord. Now you have to evaluate because sometimes people are like, well, that's not God. Well, if you don't have the full counsel of his word, right, the full counsel of God, you may see God one way because that's what God has revealed himself to you. And in your walk with God, you've only pursued that part of his attribute that you're not really seeing that, you know, like you, people pursue God and say, you know, he's, he's, he's love. God is love. God is love. And he is love. But he also is a father. And part of that fatherly love is that he's going to correct you, right? He's going to correct you. But he's also a king and a warrior. So he, he, he expects there to be order. He expects there to be obedience, you know, and, 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 he, and he, he's not shy to war. He's willing to go to war because he's a just God. So there's justice that is served. And so there are things that, that we, attributes of God that we have to learn and understand and come into revelation to and come into a relationship with him in um, because then it, if we don't, it hinders our ability to see God in his fullness and to see how he is expressing himself in his fullness. And we miss the interpretation because we can only see God from one place and we just dismiss everything that doesn't express that one attribute that we're, we are, we've learned to encounter. But God wants to speak to us in many ways and, and in a sense of like, he wants to show different parts of who he is and how he blesses us and protects us in different seasons and different times for them. There's a time for war and there's a time for just being in this place of peace and love, right? There's a time for him to correct us and there's a time for us to be educated and be students, 
you know, so there's a time and season for everything, right? And it goes back to seasons again, understanding these biblical terms, understanding the attributes of the word, beginning to hear God's voice through his word will help you navigate in your dreams, will help you navigate in your life, will help you navigate even in your visions and your encounters with spiritual things. So it's required for us to be in union with the Holy Spirit, to, to, to bring to remembrance the things that we've studied, the things that we've sought after. And he brings to remembrance those things so we can understand uh, what it is that we're receiving and experiencing um, in our dream world and in our real world, right? And in our encounters and in our interactions with other people, always keeping God's perspective uh, before us in everything that we do. All right. So this doesn't negate the fact that, you know, like I, I'm a, like I, I, I've studied mental health counseling. It doesn't negate skill set like you can use skill set. And there are a lot of skills and, 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 and knowledge that's out there that's good. And, and it has biblical um, um, president like it. Basically, there are biblical concepts that come for it. you can see what that is like i think of like cognitive behavioral therapy like even though it's behavior modification but a lot of the 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 the, the thought process uh, that informs the behavior and informs the emotions right and the behavior and all these these concepts like yeah well, i mean god's word talks about that about renewing our mind and how renewing our mind is associated to our behaviors and our actions right and so in our emotions so it it, it influences us to some degree so so um, so in a sense, like I can use that skill set that has biblical foundation to it, that has biblical concepts to it. And I can utilize that. And it's not it's not demonic or it's not leading people astray. The only thing that will lead people astray is if I don't have biblical perspective and I can be in, in alignment with doctrines of demons in a sense and give them a, a process of of learning or having the concepts again, the customs and behaviors of this world. And I can encourage that, you know, and I'm still improving their lives, but I'm improving their lives in, in an area that's not going to benefit them spiritually. So again, I hope that made sense. I, you know, sometimes that thing that can be deep, but I just pray that this has been a blessing to you. I pray that this has been something to give you some insight. And so I just pray right now, Lord Father, that you give wisdom and revelation and and hunger for your word father so that they can discern uh what is of you and what is not of you father so i just thank you O lord that you would just impart uh first peace lord but also impart your perspective your biblical perspective and so holy spirit i just ask that you just um, um, give them uh, 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 your revelation of your word so that they may begin to see from your perspective rather than seeing from the perspective and the lens of this world. So, Father, I thank you for that. And I just declare and decree peace over you today and that you will have the strength and the capacity to allow your mind to be renewed and become the new person that God has called you to be and has has meant for you to be so that you can take on Christ-like character, Christ-like perspective, take on the mind of Christ and perceive your world according to the word of God, according to the ways of God, according to the customs of the Lord, according to the principles and the, and the decrees of the king. And so I just believe bless you with that today. So I pray that this has been uh, beneficial for you and it's given you some revelation. And I will talk to you in our next uh, um, um, course, in our next class about many more things, but be encouraged, be blessed. 
and I'll talk to you again next time. This is Prophet Carlos, and I want to thank you for joining Torchbear Podcast. I want to encourage you also to come join us on Facebook. We do a live dream interpretation every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I also want to encourage you to sow a seed as we're building and equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. And I just want to encourage you to go to bluefireministry.com slash give, or you can also sow a seed at our cash app, Blue Fire Ministries. Looking forward for you to being on fire for the Lord and being equipped in the work of the ministry. 